Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome back to the Airport Minute. I am your co-host, Jim O'Kane from TVDad.com. And I'm Mark Cerulli from CovertOps.tv, warming up the co-pilot's chair on this flight. And we are actually flying the same mission again. Uh, unfortunately, our good friend, Bob Luparola, who had some scintillating conversations with us, uh, did an excellent job, but the audio that we were recording did not come up to the uh, airport minute standards of excellence. So we are going to have Bob back at another time, and we are going to talk about everything we had previously talked about, but you haven't heard it. And so even more. We're just going to go more. even deeper. In-depth and probably think of things that we hadn't thought of before. And the name of this episode, this particular minute, is called Minute 11, Grossly Inefficient. We'll talk about Words that Words I live bit. by. Yeah. And we begin where we started off last week, or we ended last week, in uh, that beautiful split screen at the uh, Maison Petroni on the right-hand side of the screen while a man in a hat in a snowstorm talks to our favorite Joe, George Kennedy out there, uh, who's busy, getting busy with his wife. Well, she plays his wife. She does, but who knows? You know, there he is in his uh, uh, beige, or not beige, that's kind of a fawn, tough-skinned uh, jeans mm. that he's wearing mm. and his uh, sexy zipper shirt. Now picture this, you know, it's it's probably 1969 on the Universal lot and an AD walks lumbering George Kennedy over to the living room set and he says, George, um, this is the young lady you're going to be molesting for the next couple of hours. Hey, I'm George Kennedy. How you doing? Meanwhile, Maria's thinking, this is the guy from Cool Hand Luke. This is the guy from Cool Hand Luke. Okay. Right. Oscar. Right. Oscar. And then, uh, and then when they, when they uh, do a different uh, uh, camera setting or whatever, she probably leans over and goes, damn cigars he's always smoking. What a man. What a man. You think they had a spittoon on the set? I don't know. It was well lit, and there were people all around. So more, and this is only this is Marie's only scene in the movie. So she had thirty seconds of grandeur. Yeah, but then just think, then when she sees a casting director again, what'd you do? Uh, well, I got molested by uh, by uh, George Kennedy. Yes, I was in an Oscar. Actually, molesting movie. is the wrong word. No. Groping is the word I was searching for. He was he was handling her like you'd handle a seven oh seven. Right, or one of my favorite lines from Diamonds Are Forever. You handle those cards like a monkey handles coconuts. <laughs> That's screenwriting for yep, you. Yep, yep. So there's uh, dear old Joe about to give up a night of uh, splendor with Marie. Mm. and uh, the moo-moo Marie. Telling, telling, uh, Mel to, uh, di- or, yeah, telling Mel to get everybody out and dig a 10-degree incline in front of the wheels. Mm. And so he tells, I guess Danny at the snow desk is listening in on this because he says out, which is over and out. Mm-hmm. So Danny's just carefully listening into all the disgruntled uh, love of Joe. So he hangs up and then poor Marie says, you don't really have to go to work on a night like this. And Joe says, well, they don't call. Well, you can Mark, you give him the line because you love this line so much. Uh, they don't call them emergencies. They call them Patronis. Patronis. I've got Petronis. That's right. That's right. I'm up to my neck in Petronis. I'm going to have to zip up my uh, my hunky 1970 man shirt now because it's cold out there. <laughs> so Joe says he'll be back with with the line of the movie. This this line, you'd want to have this on a T-shirt. I'll be back if I have to pull that plane out with my teeth. Mm-hmm. George Kennedy and his teeth. That's all you can think of. Picture sitting there watching. The, well, Joe and uh, Marie get bumped off the split screen and we go back to uh, Mel and Tanya in the uh, Melmobile 
and Mel passes the bus as they're zipping back there. That poor bus that apparently is very slow getting back to the, the terminal. So he has to get back there in a hurry. Mel passes the bus and turns to Tanya and says, well, what's this thing you found out about? Because he remembered the conversation they had back in minute six. And uh, Tanya was very excited about finding something before, uh, of course, before Mel lost uh, Runway 29. Mm. Right, right, right. There was that great exchange. I found something. Well, I've lost something. <laughs> Screenwriting is what it's all yep, about. Yep. Tan- Tanya says that your brother-in-law was on the snow clearance committee and my boss got a copy of the report. So that means that Tanya doesn't see anything wrong with getting stuff from her boss and passing it on to anybody that Mel Mel is in her inner circle. But apparently, I guess her boss would have no problems with her uh, redistributing stuff that came well, in. Well, I think she has feelings for Mel. Could be. We'll find Sometimes out. Sometimes she I'll... just makes those little doughy-eyed looks at him. You'll see, oh viewer. Yeah. You'll see. Well, we'll have to we'll have to keep an eye on that. But he's going on and on about the important and ever so uh, prestigious snow clearance committee. The boss got a copy of the report, and Tanya starts reading it off to him. And Mel said, "Well, it's probably something about my inefficiency in, inefficiency in uh, snow clearing." And Tanya corrects him with, "No, it's gross interference or grossly inefficient in snow clearance." And Mel finishes the whole sentence with, uh, "Causing delays, uh, loss of revenue, et cetera, et cetera." Yada 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 is what yada he would yada say yada. Now. Yeah, but that's that's where he was at in the '60s. They didn't have yada back then. Uh, it was signed by Captain Vernon Demarest, uh, chairman. Mel's pretty ticked off about the whole thing because, you know, he doesn't want to get looked down on in the eyes of the snow clearance committee. But Mel's in a G-rated movie, so he can't use the language that any pilot would normally use. So he says, he explains to Tanya that uh, his brother-in-law is a no-good, miserable louse who can't pass up the opportunity to knife me. Mm. Mm. Those and that's, yeah, the, those aren't the... Strong uh... words indeed. The, the kind of brothers-in-law to have. This forms a whole new... Th- this shows you the split between Mel and his brother-in-law, Vern, who we haven't even met yeah. yet. So we're going to get, have to get in with understanding why Mel is so angry at this man we've never met yet. But that'll be coming up this week. We'll be talking a lot more about Vern and his uh, obsession with clean runways. You know, it's, it's funny. I was reading this in the book last night, the, the novel Airport, that... The fight between Mel and Vern wasn't about snow clearance. It was all about Vern was very upset about the way they sold airport or airline flight insurance at the airport because he thought that was a dangerous thing that if anybody could buy airline insurance to get on a flight, well, they might want to blow the thing up or something and or somehow crash the plane and collect the insurance money. So I don't know why they got rid of that as a part of the movie, except that telegraph key of the script would be a little bit tapping too hard well burning hatred between uh brother brothers-in-law i think that's that's a pretty good hook that's what it is they just they just switched the uh the the conflict i don't know how often they were worried about i think they would worry more about snow shoveling and it also helps the now is it would you consider the snow shoveling in this movie the b plot or was it the a plot i mean it's the first one that shows up Mm. i would say it's the b plot the a the a plot is the uh well, it's the action that we're going to get to. Yeah, the, the the main plot. Yeah, this is not the main plot, even though it's the first plot. This is the one we've got a runway that's knocked out, and it's because of the snow. It's all about snow clearance. Right. And actually, you know, the funny thing was is that 29 was all cleared. The snow problem is where they put the snow, not where the snow was on the runway. I missed that. So it's all I'm going to have to very, watch it again. It's all well. There's there's no harm in watching it again and again and again. <laughs> this is this is a movie that. 
there's always something new. And actually, if people listen to this podcast and then go watch the movie again, they'll find they'll gain new insights and find inner peace. Oh, that's true. It, it's just amazing. But we'll have to leave. We'll leave Mel and uh, Tanya driving across the uh, the tundra. The, the tundra of of Lincoln International, otherwise known as Minneapolis, but right. it's actually Chicago for the movie. Because Danny is calling back. Remember, Danny was the one that connected us with Joe Petroni for no reason. He ne- we never had a, a request by Mel to call Joe, but he was there with, with Joe ready to go. But now Danny's calling in and says that the commissioner, the guy that wrote, one of the guys that are that's on the board of commissioners, wants to meet Mel at the front of the terminal Uh-oh. because there's trouble that's all he says, just trouble. We don't know what the trouble is. But, Trouble's uh, my middle name. I'm on my way. <laughs> Mel's, Mel's got another Petroni on his hand. Yeah. <laughs> so Mel tells him that he's he's on his way and he's, he's going to get to the front. And back at the homestead, Mrs. Petroni is going, <clears throat> <clears throat> Got to get him to stop smoking those Havanas. Yeah. They're illegal. At least I can get a glass of Pinot Grigio and some peace, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Life is hard. Yeah. At house, house Petroni. <laughs> Oh my gosh, poor Pony. And what about the kids, the five kids that are out there? You know, Tony Petroni and uh, Joe Jr. and, and Joni Petroni. They, they all yeah. are somewhere with babysitters or friends. Well, they're with uh, they're with his sister. Oh, right, with, right. Or, How no, did I miss with, that? Is it his sister or is it Marie's sister? Well, we'll have to, that's the previous minute. But yeah, he's they're out with the family, other Petronis. Mm. And, and uh, Kennedy's in the car going, this was going to be me time. I was going to get me some. This was my this was my night off. <laughs> <laughs> I was so hoping we I gave up Ed Sullivan for this. Poor Joe. Anyway, they've all got a difficult night ahead of it's them. It's a and difficult we've got a, night ahead. It's going to be tricky. But all right. poor old. It, we're uh, by the time you read this, hopefully, I mean see this. Hopefully, it'll be over. But we're in the middle of a uh, a nice uh, SoCal heat wave here in uh, Los Angeles. So uh, uh, delirious. Yeah. It's, it, this is the perfect winter weather movie to watch if you're soaking in, in hot in hot. <laughs> right. If you're si- sitting in a puddle of your own sweat. Mm. <laughs> I wish I was in Minneapolis. Uh, in a snowstorm? Yeah. With, with, <laughs> with Marie and Amumu. Mm. Uh, that will have to all wait for a later date. In the meantime, we've got an exciting week, but we're going to need you to come back tomorrow to talk more about snow and snow shoveling, and we'll get to meet big Vern and find out what it is that Mel hates about Vern the most. So I think it's his aftershave. Hmm. Or, well, yeah, that could be, or the way he's got those big 70s sideburns coming in. The cut of his jib. I just, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be, it's going to be an exciting week, but please come back with us. We are going to be here all this week and the excitement. If not for us. That's true, dear Bob. And you will be able to find, we are going to post Bob's original, uh, as as is, uh, warts and all version of recordings. Yeah, recordings. We're going to, it's under the lost episodes section that's going to be up later on. Probably after this week is over, we'll be putting up the lost episodes section. You'll be able to click on and listen to it in all of its distorted glory. But Bob will be back with us on a later episode, I am sure. In the meantime, let's talk about episode 12 tomorrow. So be back here Tuesday. In the meantime, please visit us if you want to leave some comments, some bon mot, or uh, send money. Angry, honest, yeah, well, that's good. Honest complaints. But we will see you at uh, Facebook, which you just find it by Facebook slash uh, Airport Minute, or you can find us at Twitter, Airport Minute, or you can find us at our website, airportminute.com. Or try to find us at our office at Lincoln International Airport. That's right. Second yeah, right concourse, there next to Mel. Level B. 
Just ask the guy that's vacuuming yeah, the uh, right. <laughs> big long corridor because you know how dirty it gets up there on the second floor. All that cigar Especially smoke. Especially with just, those you know, galoshes everybody yeah. wears. <laughs> and all and all those all those sandwich crusts that people leave <laughs> right. behind. So we'll be we'll be up there, but we'll be waiting for your call. In the meantime, <laughs> please come back and visit us tomorrow because it's going to be a very exciting show. And if you're listening to us and you haven't subscribed to our feed yet on iTunes, do so because you can get this Monday through Friday every single stinking day and listen to our wonderful scintillating commentary. How can you stand it? It's it's just too much. You'll have to pull over to listen to the rest of it because it's just so darn exciting. But join us next well ne- next week, but tomorrow, Tuesday. For Minute 12, where we are going to be talking more about closing down Runway 22. Lots of angry neighbors to come. So until then, good day. Bye-bye. Nice going, sweetheart. Remind me to send a thank you note to Mr. Bowling. 